honest hockey talk and opinions. This is Penalty Box Radio. Live with Alex Doherty and Sean Smith on Smashville's best sports talk, 1025 and 1063 The Game and the Game Nashville app. Hello and welcome to Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Silas Realty Group. Silas Realty Group, your premier destination for Nashville, Tennessee real estate. Also brought to you by the Nashville Spartans, Nashville's one and only junior hockey team based in Nolensville. I am your host, Alex Doherty. I am ready to talk hockey along with Sean Smith, my co-host as usual. And uh, we are obviously remote because of the insanity that is the seven inches of snow that hit Nashville. But we're still going to talk about the Predators, right, John? Oh, oh, we're talking about the Predators. Don't even think we weren't. It's happening. Today on the show, the Preds managed two big wins over the Stars and Islanders, but then they got exposed by the Golden Knights on Monday. We're going to talk a little bit about that and what happened with them, and maybe if it's going to happen again tonight, perhaps, against mm-hmm. the Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also going to talk about some line blender action. Uh, what are the best combos to roll with the rest of the season? Of course, we know the top line is doing quite well, but what about the rest of it? So we're going to touch on that. We're also going to do a little buy, sell, hold. Sean's going to talk to us about that. And then yeah. we'll finish with the uh, three-on-three draft at the end of the show. But, Sean, we got to start with a puck drop topic. We learned that Philip Forsberg and his wife are expecting a baby boy. Right. And so my question my question for you is, what should they name their son? I've thought about this a lot, Alex. Um, actually, I thought about this a lot before I found out that they were they were pregnant. Honestly, Philip Forsberg is is a big kid, <laughs> as evidenced from um, a lot of his interactions with the other predators and former predators' children. They they call him the biggest kid they know is what du- the Duchesne family referred to him as. And uh, yeah. I think he's. I think you know you've got a kid coming that he's going to have him on the ice as soon as possible. He's going to be out there, you know, learn to play hockey quickly. That's why I believe he should be named Carl Anton Philip Forsberg. The second. Oh, he's going with the, the wait, would he We're be going, junior? Well, I, you can say junior, you can say the second. I just think, oh, you know, okay. you go with the idea of Prince Philip second of his name, Prince Philip the <laughs> second. I, I don't know how you want to do it, but it's like, you know, you get Big Phil and Little Phil, you know, like Big Dale and Little Dale. I don't know. It's there's a lot of options there. Yeah, but, I mean, pr- yeah, Philip has the the Prince moniker, right? So would that would that make him like a ward or something? I don't know how that works. I don't. I don't either. My, don't I've already, I've already, that. I've already put my my vote out there, and that was Erat. I think you should name his son Erat, so he'd be Erat Forsberg, for obvious reasons. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Interesting choice. Feel like you're going for the for the last there on that one, Alex. I think he got zapped. Think Alex got zapped. Okay. Well, looks like it's uh there he is. He's back. There okay. you go. Am I back? Okay. All right. I'm back. back. I don't know what happened. All right. So the Predators get two big wins against Dallas and against Vegas uh, last week. And um, everything was rolling along nicely. You know, the, the Dallas win, They after having that crazy last second loss against them, they win two straight against Dallas, which is a really nice win. And then they clean up against the Islanders, who uh, really kind of have been struggling this year. I think they're probably on the way to a coaching change here soon. 
But then, man, on Monday night, the Vegas Golden Knights, they go to Vegas. Vegas doesn't even have Jack Eichel. They don't have uh, Shea Theodore. They don't have some pretty key members of that team. And uh, they get they get kind of walloped after the first 15 minutes or so. Uh, what did you think of that result? What did you think watching that game? Well, for all the people they didn't have, it seemed like all they really needed was Mark Stone. And that's <laughs> that's kind of what it comes down to for me. Is uh, and I don't want to say well they ran into a guy that was on a roll because um, he hasn't been as productive this season as he been, has been in the past. But what's what's sad, and I mean this isn't really what we were planning on talking about here, but I didn't get to watch the game at all, Alex. I, I had it was unavailable to me <laughs> on the television, so I spent a lot of time listening to Pete Weber's call on the radio, and uh, okay. I made some hilarious tweets of the error message I got on this on the screen, but. Um, you know, based did, on, based on what I heard, they got rolled pretty hard. Yeah, I, I did notice that that was, uh, yeah, there were some, uh, some, some television broadcast issues happening. Uh, yeah, that, that was, that was a lot of people were not really happy about that one. I, I think you uh, you weren't alone there, but basically here's how I, here's how I watched it. I mean, I, I think. I think the problem that we maybe are running into with this team is they, they got on a roll in November, a couple weeks there where they were real solid. Yeah. Um, and maybe, maybe the expectations inched up a little bit where people were thinking, Oh man, not only could this be a playoff team, maybe they're pretty good. And um, I think, I think they've come back down from that a little bit. I think they're kind of rolling back into what I think of as kind of a, just a, a win two lose two win three, lose three, you know, kind of team back and forth all season. When you have a lot of young players, you'll see that kind of thing happen. And I, I think most people, I think you'd agree, Sean, that like, I, I think that's kind of what most people thought they would be is a, a bubble team by nature. Right. Obviously they're doing it in a very weird way because no one thought that it would be UC <laughs> Soros not carrying them. Right. Right. I mean, that's that's been the trend the past couple of seasons is that they are held up tremendously on the shoulders of their goaltender. Yeah. Um, and, and like you said, is this would you call this regression or is this just, you know, it's not necessarily regression as much as it's just this is kind of what was to be expected at the beginning of the season. I guess that is regression then, isn't it? Well, I, I think it's a little bit of regression. I mean, like I think it's also like, OK, so look at some of the wins that they had in that little stretch earlier. Right. Uh, a win over Chicago, win over Calgary, win over St. Louis, win, uh, a win over Buffalo, another win over Chicago. I'm not saying all the wins, but it's it's wins over teams you don't really expect to be very good. Montreal, Philadelphia. Um, yeah. And then some of the losses, even, even with some of the losses, like there was a Ducks loss in there, a bad Coyotes loss, a bad loss to the Minnesota Wild pre, yeah. pre-firing of um, Dean Evison. So... Uh, but let me go back to the Vegas game because what I wanted to, to to mention was I think what really happened in that game is it was kind of an, and I say that they got exposed. I think that the Vegas organization right now is just kind of leagues ahead of Nashville's in terms of how they've, how they've managed to maintain a build and maintain talent in their organization, have a system that can plug in new guys on a, on a, you know, on an off night or on a night where guys are injured and still have great production. I mean, their defensive system towards the second half of that game, the last 40 minutes of the game when they were up two goals was like impenetrable for a team like Nashville, but because 
you had Mark Stone and Stevenson, and I forget the other third line mate, uh, just basically doing whatever they wanted to against O'Reilly, Forsberg, Nyquist. And the rest of the lineup, I, I went back and watched a lot of film of that second half of the game. Evangelista Tomasino, um, Novak really tried and had some creative ideas, but they just, they're not there yet. They they can't break defenses like that. That's just not where they're at right now in their, in their current NHL path. Well, they're, they're early in their NHL path, right? They're early on that, on that road, um, you know, and, and they just need more time. And I think one of the biggest things that we said coming into the season was that you were going to see some of these younger guys have a chance to really develop. You take a lot of the earlier success, you know, that is kind of coming at the uh, strength of that first line, right? Um, you're not seeing, you take that out of the equation, you're seeing a team that has a lot of young guys that are learning. Uh, we, we've always kind of talked and joked about how Dante Fabro has done all of his development at the NHL level. You're just getting a chance to see a lot of forwards develop at the NHL level now. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing. I think, you know, again, expectations going into the season were that this would kind of be a, a 500 team, right? Um, maybe a bubble team as far as, you know, making it to the playoffs and early success has kind of changed that narrative a little bit. Um, maybe it's been a little bit misleading and maybe they're just coming back down to earth a, a little bit now. But I think the reality is those guys have to grow and they're going to grow this season. And then hopefully that means next season, they're going to be a little more of an offensive threat than they are right now. Yeah. And we're going to talk about this a, a, a little bit later on, but I really think it's the, the key is that, that second, that second slash third line, however you want to call it, with with the younger guys that are still trying to develop and and uh they just can't do it against that kind of team right now um i almost think it would be different if they were playing a, a high-flying kind of offensive like an oilers team or an avalanche or i mean either one of those teams would be a good example where yeah they're probably going to get burned at the defensive end but they'll have chances offensively to to work right. some magic Against a stout defensive team like Vegas, uh, yeah, I mean it's just it was tough sledding for that for that yeah. group, um, and uh, you know there, I think the UC Soros thing. I mean, I I don't think he played a bad game, but it's just another example of like what what has what this year has been like for him. Um, all right, so don't forget that you can text the show six one five seven three seven one zero two five if you want to text us your Fred's questions or comments or anything you want to talk about. Relating to the Nashville Predators, text us in. We will uh, bring that up on the show. We are also going to talk, at, after we come back from the break, we're going to talk about the line combinations, kind of building off of what we just talked about, because I think the um, there's some interesting moves that have been made that Brunette has kind of done with the lineup, but I, I have some questions about maybe one or two of the things, and then also some questions about when certain guys come back into the lineup. So, we will talk about that, but Nashville, if you're looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, look no further than Salus Realty Group. Salus is not just about property. They're about people. They build long-lasting relationships that are about you, your needs, and your dreams. Salus Realty Group stands for trust, transparency, and community, and committed to making a positive impact in Middle Tennessee, one home at a time. Ready to make a move? Visit Salus Realty Group, S-A-L-L-I-S, realtygroup.com today and experience real estate the Salus way. 
And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Salas Realtor Group. I think we're back. All right, Sean. So we teased this earlier, but um, the Andrew Burnett made some interesting line combo changes uh, after that, uh, or I'm sorry, before that Vegas loss uh, that I wanted to get into. I, I think the biggest one is we saw, I don't know what we're going to call it, but the Russian line, I mean, the the, the bringing bringing in the, the the two Russians together around uh, Colton Sissons, Dennis Giryanov with Yakov Trenin and Colton Sissons in the middle. And then you have the revamped roommate line, which are not really roommates any. Well, Evangelista was roommates with Novak and Smith. And now, yeah, whatever. It, it doesn't really work anymore, but yeah. Thomas, Thomasino, Novak and Evangelista. And then you have Smith, Karen and, and Parson. Uh, what, what do you, th- what do you think? Let's start with the Russian line because Okay. What, what do you think about that so far? What? How do you think that's been working? Okay, so I, I kind of think about it this way, right? You, you've got we know the first line is not an issue. They're they're very productive, correct? So you've got to get yeah. some production somewhere else. So you look at what's working really well on that first line is you've got a, a dynamic, um, you know, multifaceted player in the center and Ryan O'Reilly, right? Um, Sissons, you know, maybe not. Uh, he hasn't been around quite as long as O'Reilly in the league, but he's definitely done his time at the at the centerman's position. And I think he he brings a lot to that position. He can do a lot of the things that Ryan O'Reilly does, get in front of the net. He can make things happen. He can make good passes, right? Um, yeah. But then you've got Philip Forsberg over on the left wing, and you've got Gurionov over there. Now, he's a guy that um, maybe doesn't have the playmaking ability as Philip Forsberg, but he's a big guy. He's a fast guy. He's got a good shot. Um, he's been doing really well at the AHL level. And then over on the right side, you've got Trennan, who's willing to go into those corners, do what he needs to do to get the puck. He can he can pass. He can disrupt the net front as well. I, I think they do a lot of the things in that configuration that the first line can do. And I think maybe that's a little bit of what Brunette's going for. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Sisson's having a great year. Good year shooting, too. If he's shooting above his career average. So he's playing well and he's recovered on those face-off wins. He's, he was kind of rough, excuse me, in that department earlier in the year, but he's, uh, he's gotten better. I think I misspoke earlier. I think I said, I said the Smith was on the, uh, the, so basically the line right now that the, the roommate line is Smith, Novak, Smith, Novak, Evangelista. I, I think it's been great. I think it's, it's been a, a fun, a fun thing to watch. I really think Tomasino needs to join that line and move Smith down to the bottom line. Okay. I think, I think it's I think it's time that Smith and Parsonen and McCarron get together. And okay. there's one specific specific reason I'll mention in a second that I wanted that I think they should do that. But I think Tomasino Novak Evangelista needs to be a line again. Uh, I think I I saw them do some things against a tough Vegas team that looked pretty good, even though I know they don't they weren't they didn't have the finishing touch that they could have. I just think it's time to put those together because look, Evangelista and Tomasino together is a pairing that you really want to work. If you're going to, yeah. if you're going to develop those guys into regular day NHL threats in the top six, they've got to be together now. You know, I, I agree with you. Uh, and you got to think they're both, they're both young guys. They both come in, you know, highly, highly touted. Uh, they've had success at the AHL level. They've come in and, and, you know, I mean, a little bit of a different development curve between the two of them. But if this is kind of the future that you're planning on having on this team with these two strengths on each side of 
on each side of the ice, I, I think you're right. They've got to be together. You want to see them start playing together, spend a lot of time playing together, and really develop as guys who play with each other on a line night in and night yeah. out. And and you know I like Cole Smith. I'm, I'm a big Cole Smith fan. I, I like him a lot. I mean, you just need someone with a little bit more talent on the other end of those Tommy Novak passes, right? Sure. You, you need I, I, someone with a little bit more finish, a little less Swedish, a little bit more finish, right? So I think you need that. And I think also, and here's where I was going with this. So let's say you get part, you get a line going with Parson and McCarran and Smith. All right. That's a beefy line. That's it is a, a solid, beefy line. That is, that is a grade A Chuck beef right there. Right. We're not talking, that's not a prime cut. That's like bottom of the meat grinder. At, at the end of the day at the meat department, you got to dig that stuff out. That's that's what kind of meat we're talking about. I, okay, yeah. Let's, <laughs> Some serious beef, Sean. There's Some a, serious beef. Hey, I have one question. Where's the beef, Alex? It's on the fourth line. It's on the fourth line with Michael McCarron, Yuso Parson, and Cole Smith. So... But here's why I, why I think that they should do that. Because if they want to work Cody Glass back into the lineup. Okay. I, and I, this is the first time we've mentioned Cody Glass. Probably won't be the last because we've got to talk about him. He okay. is really, really struggling. I mean, we know that he's really struggling, right? Yeah. He's got to find something in his game that is working, right? He, he can't just go out there and just turn. He, obviously, it hasn't happened. He hasn't been able to go out there and just turn it on and say, Okay, I'm ready to go now. Now I can now I can play with the same confidence and the same skill I did last year. Right. But if you get him out there and maybe you you have the McCarran, Parson, and Smith line going, and you sub in glass for McCarran, because you know McCarran's older. I mean, he could take the night off, he could take some nights off. Sure. Put it put in glass in between those guys. Put in glass in between those guys, give him some defensive starts where he can win some face-offs, get the puck out and get the puck down the ice and get an offensive zone whistle. And that's it. That's all he's got to do. Just get the puck from the defensive zone into the offensive zone, tweet, whistle, top line comes out and scores a goal. So that's how you build. I was just going to say, that's how you build the confidence of Cody Glassback is you give him some beef, some grade A beef on the outside of the lines, give him some room in the middle of the ice to work with because Parson and Cole Smith are going to dig out pucks, right? Oh yeah. They're going to go in there. They're going to find him. What do you think there's about a, that? There's a lot of grit in that meat. I guess we can, we can say that. Right. Yeah, limited limited responsibility. Um, you don't want to send somebody out there on the second line with, you know, you have offensive, you have defensive responsibilities, you're expected to do all these different things throughout the course of the game. Like you said, defensive starts, win the faceoff, get the puck into the, in, into the offensive zone, get the whistle and that's when the first line can come out. You do that, you get that, yeah. Do that successfully for a couple of games, two, three games, you know, maybe maybe a night off here and there like you said, um with yeah. with McCarron and and Glass kind of back and forth or something, but that that boosts that confidence level to I'm doing these things well. Now we can add another piece into that game and we that's can add the, another thing that we need to do. That's I like that plan. To to me that's the only thing that's going to get him out of this. I mean, obviously not playing is not going to get him out of it. It's just sitting no. and watching games. That's not going to – talking about it, whatever. That's not going to do it. He needs a simple task. He needs a, a really straightforward, easy thing. When you're having a bad day, when you're in a rut, you can't do anything right, sometimes you're just like, I'm going to just like go buy one thing at the store 
I just, that's all I, I got to go get some right. laundry, laundry detergent today. I've got to go right. buy laundry detergent. I'm going to get in my car. I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to buy laundry detergent. I'm going to go home so I can at least be like, Hey, I did something today. Right. I, I think. Go, go ahead, Alex. I'm sorry. I was just going to say that that's what Cody glass needs. He needs to have a, a simple, go to the store, buy some laundry detergent, come back home. And that's it. That's all you got to do today. Yeah, I think it's a lot like it's a lot like the movie Frozen 2, which I'm sure we're both familiar with as we both have daughters. Um, but you got to focus on doing the next right thing, not the next right things, but the next right thing. It's it's one thing you don't need to do exactly. a plethora of things or a multitude yeah. of things, just one thing. And if you can do that one thing right, you got something to build on. It's like when you make your list of things you got to do for the day. If you put the small things on there, like first thing I got to do today is get out of bed and you've got a victory by the time you get your yeah. feet on the ground and you feel good about it. And then you can build from there. And that's what Cody Glass needs right yeah. now. I agree. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think he, I think if he does that, then he'll, eventually he'll be he'll be scoring goals again. Uh, so anyways, I, I think line combos right now are kind of up in the air for the bottom nine. But that's where I'd go. I, I'd keep the Sissons, Trent and Gurion offline together. Just move Tomasino up to the Novak line with Evangelista and put Parson and Smith and McCarron on the ultra roast beef line. Oh, it's roast beef now. <laughs> it's Now it's roast beef. That's right. Now it's roast beef. That's okay. right. Okay. So when well, we come back, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the uh, uh, buy, we're going to do some buy, sell, hold, right? Buy, sell, hold, Sean. Buy, so buy sell, hold. That's what we're going to talk about, Alex. Um, speaking of, speaking of buying, Alex, uh, really interesting. As we look ahead to the next Predator Showdown here in a, in a couple of hours, it's the perfect time to plan your future in Nashville. Salus Realty Group is ready to assist, ensuring your real estate goals are met with the determination of a playoff chase. Visit salusrealtygroup.com and let's start mapping out your game plan. Salus Realty Group, where every closing is a championship victory. Welcome back to Penalty Box Radio Live. It's your boy Sean here, and I want to tell you a little bit about one of the Incredible sponsors we have is the Nashville Spartans. Join the Nashville Spartans, the hockey sensation of the city. Experience thrilling games, family-friendly fun, and unity. Visit NashvilleSpartansHockey.com slash tickets, select your game, and use promo code PBR50 for an exclusive 50% discount when checking out. Don't miss the excitement. Be a part of Spartans Hockey today, and I will tell you the Spartans are playing tomorrow night at the Gary Force Acura Ice Arena against the Cincinnati Cyclones, and I'm going to tell you, the Spartans are one of the best teams in the USPHL right now. If you haven't been out to one of the games, you've got to get out there and see what it's all about. It is a great environment. It's a lot of fun. And the team is a wagon right now. So you need to get out there. Nolensville, Gary Force Acura Ice Arena. Check it out. Use that promo code from us, PBR50, and get 50% off your tickets for that game tomorrow night. Alex, listen. Up? Let's talk about, we said we were going to do buy, sell, hold, right? You know, the, the trade deadline's not too far away. It's 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 not too early to start thinking about this, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be really honest with you right now. Right now, the Predators, they are in the final wild card spot as it stands right now. I know there's a game coming up here in, in an hour, hour and a half that could change things. Uh one of the teams that could end up in that wild card chase with them is the Kings, of course. The Kings are currently third in, in the Pacific, but They've kind of been on a downhill slide, so they could wind up being passed by the Oilers. Um, but, uh, you know, despite early success, like we talked about this season, the Preds really are right now, they're one of those what I like to call mushy middle teams, right? 
it's it's not a it's kind of a weird term to use but they're they're in the mushy middle and they've been in that mushy middle for a few seasons and they're right there in the mix with all those other teams that have been in the mushy middle with them the only really new uh team you see in there is the coyotes who have kind of hopped up a little bit which makes it a little more exciting um but i guess the thing is i don't want to talk about are the preds going to make the playoffs are they going to be a wild card i'm not worried about that what i'm worried about is what are they going to do with the trade deadline? Because let, let's think here, all right? If they end up in a position where they're going to make the playoffs, um, do you want them? Do you want them to buy? Do you want them to try to make a run? I'm not convinced, personally, this is a team that's going to go all the way to the Stanley Cup final and contend. What What's your thought on that? Uh, def- definitely, definitely not going to contend for that. Well, let me let me answer it by throwing in a little bit of news. I guess you could call it for this, the week. This got. is a good thing. Let's let's hear this. Yeah. So, like some news or whatever that broke from uh, in, insider trading. Pierre LeBron uh, said basically that UC Soros, the, you know, he he repeated a, a similar report that Joe Rexroad had actually from earlier in the year, and that was that um, that UC Soros was. That, that an extension was the priority that the priority for Barry Trotz was to extend UC Soros, which, you know, he obviously can't do until this summer uh, to sign into a long-term deal, uh, pay him a lot of money. And, but now the, the report from Pierre LeBron was that they are seriously considering listening to, you know, serious offers, serious consideration of serious offers. I, that's not an exact quote, but it's something along those lines. And so, you know, I guess the question of buy, sell, or hold comes down to, I mean, look, they're not interested in selling any of their pieces, right? Like that's not, that's not where they are. They're not interested in selling. I mean, also let's go ahead and say that Tyson Berry is not included in this discussion. We already know he's going to get traded just a matter of when. Right. Uh, So when I think of, you know, are they going to buy, sell, or hold? I'm thinking of UC Soros. That's the only one I'm thinking of. And if I'm the Predators right now, I don't want to sell UC Soros when his value is low. I mean, his yeah. his his value right now as a bottom 20 goaltender, I mean, he's he's definitely not in the top 10 of of all the goaltenders in the in the NHL right now. He's like he's been really pretty poor this year. I don't want to sell him now because you're going to get less. You'd rather sell him off season when his value is, you know, a team is enticed by the idea of having a full year of him. Or if he if he was really playing well, you want to sell him and uh, take advantage of a team that thinks that they're one goaltender away from winning the Stanley Cup. So uh, I, I'm I'm all hold right now. I, I think across the board, other than Tyson Berry, I'm hold everything. Don't buy, don't sell. Okay, so you your team hold, and you you say hold Soros as well, ma- mainly because his his value at the moment is is lower yeah. than it has been. Uh, yeah. If you're going to get rid of what what seems to be, you know, your very reliable workhorse goaltender, um, you're willing to do that. You've got to be willing to do that at the highest price possible. You've got to get right. maximum value back because, in my opinion, losing Soros kind of puts you behind a little bit more than you you wanted to be at this point in the rebuild, I guess, if you yeah. want to call it that. Um, and again, you know, Brunette said that, or Trotz has said that he feels like they're a little bit of ahead of where he thought they would be. So I think, I think trading Soros, it would ha- you'd have to get something phenomenal and remarkable back to be able to even make that worth your while. Something that you think would get you 
at least back to where you are at this point in the game uh-huh. um, relatively quickly, like by the beginning of the next season. And they, they don't need picks. I mean, you, you're never going to turn down draft picks, but I mean, does this, this team has so many draft picks in the last next like two drafts. Yeah, they don't need. They don't need that. They're not hurting for that. You know, they they have a lot of draft capital right now. What they would want is, I was just gonna say, what they would want is as a a young player that's ready to play right now in the NHL. And right. I, he mentioned Quint, Quentin Byfield as the option from LA. I don't think Los Angeles is gonna trade Quentin Byfield and picks for UC Soros right now. No, I don't. I don't. It, it just it doesn't quite make sense to me. I mean, there's always something out there that somebody could offer that would perk up my ears, everybody's ears. But right now, that just doesn't seem that doesn't seem like a trade that LA is willing to make. Um, and then there's I, there's the Zegras rumors about like you know could they trade for Zegras? Like why they're not going to trade for him when he's injured now? And then also right? like now we're starting to question whether Zegras is uh possibly even the guy you know like is he really right he's a very good player but like is he the next elite talent that's going to take them to the next level i just don't know i don't know either and i think i think here's the thing you know if you're if you're if you're in the mind that it's it's worth it to buy at the deadline then you also have to kind of say that you think that a first round exit in the playoffs is worth it that it's worth, you know, losing some draft capital in order to buy things. Yeah. That's probably what you're going to have to spend right now to get anything at the trade deadline because the the pieces that they would probably be getting rid of probably aren't going to demand much in the way of a player in return. Yeah. So you're you're going to have yeah. to give up some draft capital and I think they're building for the future. That's the biggest thing for me. Um selling, you know, if you want to talk about selling, I'm going to be realistic here. There, there's not a lot you could really try to sell. They, they've got so many unrestricted free agents at the end of this season that any anything that they would be giving up would essentially be a, a very short term rental. And, and yeah. I just don't think any of those guys I, are needle movers for me. I have I have one I have one name that I think could could get moved. It, it just based on recent usage, skill level, and cost. And the UFA status. Who's that? He for sure would. Okay. I think he for sure would could be a name you'd see. I mean, he's been scratched recently. Uh, he's still a decent player. He's got speed. Look, teams want teams want speed. They want to teams at the deadline. They they want to add depth on defense. They want to add speed on offense, and they want to add sc- scoring if they can. But scoring's hard to get. I think he for sure would. He he's he's one of the faster players on this team. I think yep. he would go in there and you could plug him on the left or right. I think he'd be a good option for, for a team. I I'm just throwing a, a team out here. Yeah. I don't think they would, I don't think they would sell him to, to an in-division rival, but like a Dallas, I mean, Dallas might be interested in that uh, Colorado um, Vegas, Vegas might be interested in him. So I think there's a, they probably can't trade. They have a cap situation from hell. So that's true. I don't think that's going to happen, <laughs> well, but yeah, there, there's a name key for Sherwood maybe. Sherwood is Sherwood is a workhorse too. I mean, they'd be getting a lot more than speed. They get somebody with a lot of grit as well. Oh yeah, and somebody yeah. who's who's you know he's going to go out and do lay everything he has on the line out there. Um, but I, I think I'm with you. I mean, let's be realistic. You know, it's it's hold is really the best option here. Um, the thing that you I think that everybody starts to need to think about here, and and this is we haven't talked about it a lot. You know who the highest paid player on the team is going to be next season? Uh, next season, the highest paid player on the team, uh, on the predators. 
Yeah. Roman Yossi, I guess. No, Alex, it's going to be the combined dead cap and retained salary hit. That, that was be, a trick. That, that was, was a, a trick, trick question. question. <laughs> you know, that's it, it. It is. I mean, that's that's roughly you know one eighth of your your salary for the of your cap space for the season. Is next year is the big year where the Duchesne hit hurts really really bad. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, you're right. And then even yeah. the season after that, it's still high. So you've got a couple of years where you want to be smart. You don't want to get stuck with with long-term contracts or overpriced contracts or anything yeah. that's just going you want to save the space you have and and use it for something good um i i guess the big thing for me you know look you've got to if you can sell what you can if it helps position you better to have a big draft and just start planning for the future and and yeah. you know speaking of planning for the future alex you know the show's almost over but your real estate journey is just beginning with Salas Realty Group, you're always on the winning team. Their dedication to clients is as relentless as the Preds on a power play. Lace up for your real estate play at salasrealtygroup.com. Salas Realty Group, where every deal is a hat trick. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio Live. Brought to you by Salas Realty Group and the Nashville Spartans. Sean, we're in a kind of a unique situation today because... The uh, normally on our show is on Wednesdays and right. there's not usually a Nashville Predators game that night, but tonight there is one, which is kind of exciting. West, West the Nash- Coast swing. The Nashville Predators are in Los Angeles getting ready to take on the Kings. And uh, we almost, we pretty much basically run up and in, in, on into that coverage, which is kind of fun. So I mentioned earlier, the Predators got exposed by Vegas, right? And it was they mostly did. because... They got up two goals, and then they were able to just basically defensively stop every attack that Nashville had. So the Golden Knights, they have the eighth best defense in the NHL. Top 10 defense, pretty good. Well, guess where the Los Angeles Kings rank? Defensively? Yeah. In terms of of goals allowed per game. And I think you you cheated because that's exactly right. I guessed. You did not guess. I promise I guessed. <laughs> they are third. I, you know, yes. I, I always do it for Dale. Number three, baby. <laughs> they they definitely uh were they are third. That is correct. So I I am a little worried that if the same thing happens tonight, if the Kings go up a goal or two, they could do the exact same thing. They saw they they have scouts, they saw probably how Nashville got shut down in that game. And uh, yeah, the, the Kings have a good a good team. I mean, like they've got a good defense. I I I got to say, there's some names on this dif- on this uh, Kings defense that are a little bit puzzling. I mean, obviously there's Drew Doughty. He's he's not a puzzling player. He's very very good. Michael Anderson, a fourth round draft pick. Matt Roy, Jordan Spence, Gavrikov is a good good defenseman. Uh, Andreas England, uh, Brant Clark hasn't even played all that much. I. I, I these are names that these are not household names. Michael Anderson, though, might become one because he seems pretty good. Twenty-four year old, uh, stopping a lot of a lot of shots. So I I don't know. I it's it's interesting. But one of the biggest things they've had is goaltending. They got a couple of good goaltenders over there with Cam Talbert and our good buddy Big Save Dave. Big Save Dave. That's exciting, and I believe and he's getting the start tonight, right? He is Dave wow. Riddick. In net against the Nashville Predators for the ultimate revenge game, although it's not really a revenge game. If anything, the Predators should be getting revenge on him for as bad as he played. Whoa. 
Shots fired. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't very good when he was here. So uh, nice guy, but you know, it just was, it, <laughs> it was pretty bad. Um, so the Nashville Predators played the Los Angeles Kings tonight. And then um, Saturday they go to Arizona. Then they're back home on Monday to play the Florida Panthers in what is a 25 year anniversary of the inaugural team. There's going to be some former predators there. That's going to be pretty fun. Um, and we'll get to, to see them and they're going to do a little ceremony, a puck drop ceremony, but also unveil the alumni wall there at Bridgestone arena that I, I guess whenever you become an alumni of the team, then you get to be a part of that wall. I guess, I guess if you play a game, then you're part of the alumni, right? So I, I would assume maybe they'll explain how if it works. You, if but, you graduated from predator yeah, school, if you graduated from predator school with your bachelor's yeah. in hockey and you're an alum PhD in hockey, hockey, Ooh. hockey, science, hockey, doctor, so, hockey, doctor. <laughs> All right, so that is what's going to happen later tonight. But you know what's going to happen right now is our world famous. I'm just going to call it world famous because it is to me. Uh, three on three draft. This is where Sean and I draft something. And then uh, our producer tells us who won the draft. So man, tonight's draft is a fun one because we are drafting a scenario. And here is the scenario, Sean. Okay. The scenario is this. The federal government has announced... A new $1,000 bill. They're going to make a new $1,000 bill. And they need us to figure out who should be featured on that bill. So you're going to draft your option. Who, what person should be featured on that $1,000 bill? Draft okay. your bill person. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited because I get to go first this week. Last you week, do. You, got, you got to go first. You and, do get uh, to go first. You took, you took my number one draft pick last okay. week so i'm i'm not I, not today alex not today not today it's, everything's coming up sean today um i'm going to put you know i'm going to put on the thousand dollar bill and i think maybe we there might not be a three on three draft because this is probably just going to win it hands down um but i want to strike while the iron's hot the the patron saint of tennessee dolly parton <laughs> you did it to me i was going to be my number one pick what you get Oh, that was my number one pick. Yeah, I know. I mean, it was a good it, one, too. I, I I think because, you know, we're going for people who are like kind of universally liked, right? Like we want yes. Yes. people who are universally liked. Dolly Parton's That's, a great pick. Yep. I know. I It was good. Well, I'm going to go with a similar category, and I'm going to go my number one pick of who should be in the $1,000 bill is going to be Taylor Swift. Oh. I'm going with Taylor Swift. Wow. I it may seem premature, but I just had this feeling that in the long span of the of the history of the cultural history of the uh of the United States, she's gonna be a big part of it. I mean, in the same way that, you know, like I don't know. I mean, they name any cultural icon over the course of history. Jimmy uh Johnny Carson, uh Michael Jackson, you know, the Boris Beatles. Greeley. <laughs> yes. No. The Beverly, the Beverly Hillbillies. I don't know, oh, but okay. Yeah, I I think Taylor Swift is pretty firmly entrenched in that, and it's not just. I'm, I don't think I have I have recency bias here. I think she's pretty much set in stone as a very important, uh, American and uniquely American figure with her. You know, I mean that's success that's coming, and everything. It's coming from a guy with a Dave Matthews band tattoo. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I had to get that removed. <laughs> But then I for, then I forgot that I had another one somewhere that I'd forgotten I got. So, oh man, 
All Andy, right, you're safe, sec- Matthew. Okay, okay. Second, <laughs> se- second round, second round second draft round pick. pick. Look, I I think this you gotta you gotta go again. It's it's universal, and you know it doesn't have to be universal really. Universal love is not necessary. It's, it's it's universal love in this country only because it's it's the our federal government, right? Mm-hmm. Here's the thing: you take somebody that I think has had a big impact on a lot of people's lives, and oh and gosh. while it's not necessarily, you're like, what, 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 what are you worried about? I just I'm worried that you're going to take my person, but go ahead. I might. Um, you think somebody who had a big impact on a lot of people's lives, and you think, well, you know, it's not really something. Maybe they're not having a direct impact the way they did before because uh, you know. Unfortunately, they're no longer with us. But I think that the lessons that we all learned or lessons will pass on and we do pass on to our children and that our children will pass on to their children. I, you know, I believe I believe the children, Alex, are our future, but I'm going to go with my second round draft pick. Fred Rogers. You didn't pick mine, but I actually like yours a lot. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, I, it's a big one. Fred Rogers. Yes. I think that's a good one. I, I I can't I can't fault that. I think you're already already ahead in the in the draft here. But uh, my my option is a little different. I I think um, my my second draft. I'm going to the movies. I'm going with the movies here. I'm okay. going to draft a very classic American actor who has been in so many great films that I think it's just impossible to ignore his impact on culture. Oh, I'm going no. with Tom. I'm going with Tom Hanks. Oh. That was he was on my he was next on my list. Was he Tom Hanks? Okay. Yeah, Tom yeah. Hanks, classic American actor. Him, his his smiling, friendly face on the one thousand dollar bill, I think would be perfect. I, I think that's good. I mean, you know, and you've got to think too. You know, we already have a national holiday with T Hanks giving. Um, you know, we might <laughs> as well put him on money. I think it's. I think yeah. it makes sense. And I don't know, like maybe they could do like a thing on the back of them where they change like every year with like a scene from one of his movies. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. Like you could have like something from Forrest Gump or or something from Castaway or or something from Turner and Hooch, for example. I don't know. There's the burbs. There's so many options. (laughs) Joe versus the volcano. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's there are a lot of ways you could go. Okay. All right. All right. So, so I think our, so, so far, I think our second round picks crushed, but all right. Oh, so what's, your good. Third, what's your third? Okay. And I, look, I've got, here's the thing. I've got a couple of other people on the list and, and I, I like them. And I think, you know, you were smart to go to the movies and I'm going to also go to the movies too. I'm going to go with a, an American actor. Um, very, very popular has had a lot of big roles. Um, has played some pretty major roles, including the, uh, believe he played he played god in a movie but i'm going to go with morgan freeman okay morgan freeman i like that option i I like it and i you know i I, maybe i wish there was a way to we can't make the bill talk at all because that would be uh kind of not now you could put a qr code (laughs) on it or something and and scan it that's got to be against like u.s US bring you to an inspirational Morgan Freeman <laughs> quote or something, or he just gives you a pep talk. It's like, do you really want to spend this money? Like, I well, don't know. It might be good. Speaking of speaking of inspirational, my third okay. pick, I think, is a sleeper. It's a sleeper. I think it's gonna st- stun some people, but I think it's very important. This person has a massive, massive impact on the culture of American society, and it is also movie related too. Uh-oh. I am going to draft John T. 
Towner Williams, a.k.a. John Williams, American composer and conductor who has made, I I think is unquestionably the best American film composer of all time. I mean, it's not even close. Starting with Jaws, Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park, Home Alone, Star Wars, like a crazy, crazy uh, list of of uh, music. I, I think I wanted to get a musical one in there that wasn't about like uh, Dave Matthews, pop music or Dave Matthews. Right. Exactly. I think mu- that his his singular influence on American society is so huge. I'm going with John Williams. That's that's not a bad one. And again, you know, you wish you wish you could, ha- you know, have the, the, the money talk. Or you wish you could have the money yeah. play music on that one. Right. too. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. All okay. right. So the draft is John- Sean has. On the $1,000 bill, Sean has picked either Dolly Parton, Fred Rogers, or Morgan Freeman. I have yes. picked Taylor Swift, Tom Hanks, and John Williams. And now at this point, we need to ask uh, our producer, Nick, who wins the draft this week? It was pretty close, but I'm going to have to lean with Sean. I mean, you, yes. you kind of leaned out just right with Dolly Parton. I was like, all right, that's a, that's a grand slam of the house <laughs> call. I was surprised none yeah. of you picked The Rock. I was very surprised about that. Who? At Dwayne the, the Rock, Rock Johnson. Oh, Dwayne John. Well, I, don't know. I had Shaquille O'Neal on my list. That's I valid. A little shocked. Yeah, we and we, we didn't pick athletes. I I thought maybe someone was going to go with an athlete. I thought about Michael Jordan, but I think I don't know. I I think in the we'll sports like world the, he's big. Twenty three dollar bill. I'll say oh, for yeah, Sean's case, the Mister Rogers pick kind of kind of took me took it all the way. So that's right. Yeah. I, I, I can't disagree with the Mr. Rogers pick either. That's a W for Sean this week. Yes. Yeah, that's a, that's a W for Sean. It. I'm happy with my draft, but I, you know, I, sometimes the other team is just better. Sometimes the Some, other sometimes other side just... sometimes there's two strong drafts. It's okay. <laughs> well, that was uh, that is going to conclude Penalty Box Radio Live for this week. We'll be back at our regular scheduled uh, t- t- uh, day of the week next Wednesday. Uh, 7 p.m., uh, maybe even in studio if the snow will ever melt. I don't know. Um, the Predators obviously play tonight at L.A., at Arizona, and then Florida. We'll recap those games and also talk about anything else going on with the National Predators. Until then, Sean, have a good week. You too, Alex. This is Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Salas Realty Group and the Nashville Spartans.